Thank you for listening and welcome to the Life Radio Show, a proud member of the SJ Network and Breaking the Fourth Wall Entertainment. I'm your host, Don Smith. Finally back from a two-week hiatus, I get to chat with the military medium Dean McMurray, all about radio and the Red, White, and You show. If you enjoy the show, like and follow The Life 106.9 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter, or tune in live on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM, or you can stream the show live at WWSU1069.org. Overwhelms me. A brutal presence. This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner. So you used to be, uh, or do you still do a radio podcast? Any of that? No, I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't do. Uh uh fm anymore and and really what it was is you know it's a little local um fm channel that's a low band fm station and i was paying to be on the air and it was really uh my way of giving back and that's really where uh my show kind of the the red white and you show and we focus on military and you know veterans and uh their families first responders and um and of course it was all local in some national and whatever. And, uh, then I was like, you know, it's like, uh, going to a uh, part-time job that I wasn't getting paid at. And <laughs> so I was like, you know, radio is cool. And I learned a lot running the board and, you know, sound engineering, all that great stuff. And cause I don't have any radio background. And, uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to make the switch to go full-time podcast instead of radio. And I did that March 18th of last year was well will be the will be the one year anniversary of uh the making you know switching over to podcast and then um and then we, just we recently, haven't officially started yet but hey welcome to the life radio show we'll just keep rolling yeah <laughs> <laughs> sure well I, you know you really don't want it but yeah so you know i figured um and i just kind of switched over some formats and stuff but anyways yeah Oh no, you're fine. We'll we'll, so, we'll keep rolling because that's yeah. you know we just we just had a really weird cold start. I didn't mean to get you talking that quick. Oh was, no, that's you get me started. I tell you what, <laughs> it's so like you, <laughs> but you you were talking about the anniversary of going full podcast. Now. Yeah, so coming up here on well March 18th uh, of last year, which marked my 50th um your you know birthday so you know i was like hey what better what better date to kind of kick off the first episode and uh yeah so we're gonna come up on i think we'll still be in we'll probably be in season three by that time of of doing this thing full time and uh yeah and we've you know switched it up i went to from like the what you think of the youtube and uh you know, like, uh, audio, uh, platform hosting. And then we just kind of switched over to, um, straight, uh, YouTube. So, um, so yeah, so some, um, you know, just some, some different platform changes, but so, yeah, so that's been a, been fun, but I really, I really do enjoy my time and, and which wasn't really long. Um, but 
it seems like radio opens up. How do I want to say a lot of different doors, not only locally, but nationally that, um, you didn't know were there prior and you get to do a lot of things. Um, all of a sudden people consider you as, um, as press, I guess, if you will. And you know, where we did a, uh, Oh, I think it was a local nonprofit where we were doing a, 110 foot rappel off of uh, uh, one of the downtown buildings here in my area and raising money for this cause. And uh, so, of course, we had to do a live remote uh, prior to going out on the rooftop. And yeah, so it was really fun. I mean, there's, you know, I think everybody that uh, does some type either podcast or radio can probably, you know, you know, highlight reel, if you will, some of their pass themselves off as press. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, I don't feel like I'm, I don't even know what the hell I'm doing on radio. Right. And I'm like, what am I, what's this, what's this retired army vet, um, psychic mediums got his own show. That's exactly what I, uh, that's exactly what I told my buddy that, uh, you know, I was on his rock show. That's, that's how it started. He has a, uh, he has a show that features, you know, uh, drummers and singers. And he goes, dude, you need to come on and you need to start reading these guys, you know? And, uh, I was like, I'm game. I'll come on once a month and give these guys a reading live on the air. And, you know, and, uh, so that was really fun. And, you know, we are just kind of making it like a side segment, if you will. And then out came the conversation. He was like, you need a meet me in the station manager for a beer. <laughs> and they said, you really need your own show. And I said, you guys must be drinking something more than beer. <laughs> I was like, what are you guys thinking? I don't have a background in radio. And, you know, really when I thought about it, I was like, well, what am I going to talk about uh, every week? Cause you know, the, the spot was once a week for um, a couple hours and, uh, I was like, you know, being a psychic medium, am I going to be doing readings for two hours once a week? And, you know, I thought, which is I could, but I was like, I didn't see it. And I wanted to, um, you know, get an idea of what, it, you know, what we were going to be doing. And then it just hit me. I was like, why don't, dummy, why don't you talk about what you know, almost half of your adult life you served in the military? Why don't you talk, bring folks in that are, doing good things, the do-gooders that are doing great and wonderful things or have great products that are supporting, you know, the first responders, the, you know, the military, the veterans, their families um, in that, you know, niche area of the, you know, and saying, and keep it in your wheelhouse, so to speak, that's something that you kind of know of, but, and uh, it's, you know, I, I'm just, inspired every time I get to do an interview and share space with some of these wonderful people that are doing tremendous. And let me say that again, just inspiring work, um, you know, helping veterans, the, and, and again, the first responders out there that are picking up the slacks where folks are falling through the cracks and, you know, with mental health and uh, just, you know, even outdoor adventure groups and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a really fun ride thus far. And, and, uh, it's, you know, it's my way of, of, of giving back, 
and um, you know, and it can't always do that in in other ways. But I was like, you know, this is one way that you know bringing other people's stories, right? And so I was like, that's you know, I, I found a, I guess maybe a healing of myself, or you know, there's something about it that uh, that I enjoy as well. But um, and I hope others do as well. So awesome. But, but but you you had to pay for your time on the air. Yeah. So yeah, the setup basically is either we paid um, the fee, which was very minimal. I mean, it was just a little over a hundred dollars for a year, or we could, we could source a sponsor ourselves. So for example, I live in a very egg rural community and, you know, I could go down to maybe the local grain elevator or, you know, or whatever, a local store, you know, supplier, whatever. And, you know, they could be, you know, this episode is being brought to you by Jim's seeds, you know? So, um, you know, I could do that, um, but I chose because I wanted the freedom to be to be able to bring on any guest that I wanted, and not be painted in the corner with um, a conflict of interest. Because if your show is being sponsored by, we'll just say Jim Seeds, and then Susie Seeds, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to have, I didn't want to be any conflict. So I was like, you know what, um, you know, it's, uh, you can't buy marketing for, for that low of a price. And exactly. I was like, you know, right now that makes sense. And uh, I think there's something here I'm supposed to learn. And that's the direction that I went. Yeah, so. see, I, I was wondering, these two guys talked you into having your own show. I wonder if it worked like a pyramid scheme, like he got paid so much for <laughs> well, you paid, you brought somebody. Where, you know, once you paid the money, where that money went, I have no idea. But no, actually, the radio station is a nonprofit. Okay. Um, so they had underwriters instead of quote unquote commercials. And, you know, we'd always have to take a break at the top and the bottom of the hour to read a, you know, a written out, uh, basically a commercial, but it was a, you know, a message from our underwriter and, you know, and, uh, then we, you know, we had several for the station. Um, and then obviously if your chant or if your show was sponsored by again, Jim seeds, of course, your, you know, whatever agreement you had with Jim seeds saying, Hey, I'll mention you the beginning at the end of the show or whatever it is, you know? Um, right. So yeah, that was kind of the agreement, but, um, yeah, I always kind of went, went it solo and, um, uh, didn't have any co-hosts. Uh, I was always bringing on, I, I did bring on special co-hosts. We, we had, I, I still have a lot of friends in the military locally. And so I'd bring in, you know, like, uh, national guard recruiters and I say, Hey, you know, it'd be kind of fun, bring in some MREs and, and rations and we'll, uh, We'll get uh, just somebody, just random, and we'll and I'll say, hey, I'm gonna. If you come in and be my special guest co-host, I will get you lunch. And then, <laughs> but then uh, the 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 gist was is they you know blindfold them, and uh, then they had to do a blind taste test uh, live on the air. And then they're like, oh my god, it was <laughs> one of the most funniest episodes I think I've ever done. And then I think another one where as I raided my son's Nerf gun collection. And of course I had the military in and I set up like a target um, that was almost impossible to get. 
Um, but you know, and I had a couple other friends that are not military, never been military, um, but still big supporters. And, um, we kind of had a shoot off and <laughs> I think the studio was filled with more Nerf bullets than anything, but then, you know, it was, you know, of course the National Guard brings in some, you know, some cheesy swag and, you know, of course we have some station stuff. And, uh, so it was kind of fun. It was, uh, you know, it's really, I think each show is what you make it. And uh, oh, yeah. I, I think that would be the thing that I would share, even if with folks that are doing podcasts or radio or whatever, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's what you make it. And if you want to make it fun or have a fun episode or, you know, get crazy. So obviously right. within limits, you know, <laughs> within, crazy, especially but. if you're on the air doing a, a FCC regulator, you have to keep it within certain limits. Yeah. Well, you know, and we kept it clean. We always yeah. kept it, but you know, it's, um, and make sure that we're, uh, how do I want to say explaining exactly, obviously the listener, when it comes to radio, there's nothing visual. Right. Um, but you know, explaining what was going on, but also explaining, Hey, these aren't real guns. And of course <laughs> I know the station manager was listening as well, but you know, saying, but of course he played up to, you know, saying, well, maybe we can get some guns in here and, or, you know, and, uh, then, you know, the day comes and then it's, uh, I didn't say, you know, that they were Nerf guns, but, you know, so it's always kind of fun to, to do a little play on, 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 you know, sometimes on words, as long as it's, right. it's clean and, you know, kept it fun. So absolutely. Now I, I, I miss being in the live studio right now. Cause do you do your show? You record, well, of course you record it. Cause you're, uh, you're doing a podcast or do you right. do it live as well? So, um, for my podcast, no, I, you know, I don't do a live, um, you know, and that's one of the things that I wrestle with. Um, I, I thought about doing a live and then I was, and during really it was, you know, around the February, March timeframe that I decided to start pre-recording, uh, all my guests right. and, and that way, then I could go in and edit or whatever. And obviously there's a lot of loose rules with, podcasting you know uh some some language all that great stuff is allowed where it isn't on radio and so you know the editing wasn't as intense but i found that i was able if i kicked out an episode every friday and you know i just pre-recorded say maybe you know if i did let's just say i did five uh interviews within the week well geez, there's just over a month of pod, you know, podcast episodes. And so where I found that, um, it really allowed me more family time and, you know, other time to devote to, because it's not my full-time job. I don't, right. I don't have a sponsor yet, uh, for the podcast. Um, but you know, it was one of the things where, um, you know, it was, I was like, you know, I, I, I love what I do here, but I don't want to spend all day on, you know, um, doing that. So where you, you know, you have that pre-recorded file and I can just pull it on the, on the day that I produce it, or maybe the day before do my quick edit, upload, whatever I'm going to do, and then I can have it ready to go. Right. And so I wanted it to kind of fit maybe my lifestyle. Um, because obviously, you know, the other aspect of what I do and being a psychic medium and then 
also there's a big part of um, the other aspect of um, work doing intuitive real estate consulting mm. and um, so yeah so you know it's um, trying to fit, fit a I don't want to call it a side passion but in a sense it is right um, in with uh, everything else it's like well, how do you juggle everything you know family that's, that's work trick. yeah right and it's and and regardless of what you do, but you got family and work and everything else, and um, you know whether radio or podcasting is your full time gig, and you know. So sometimes I found myself on a Saturday because my episodes are supposed to come on every Friday. Um, I found myself waking up on Saturday, going, "Oh bleep," you know, <laughs> as I'm drinking my morning coffee, and then so I'm sitting over the computer, like trying to get it kicked out really quick. And um, so sometimes it's you know it's a challenge to juggle it, but um, you know, giving yourself some grace too. It's like, well, we're human, and it's okay. But um, you know, try to stay consistent. Yeah, I'm I'm just lucky. I'm at the point where I have so many old episodes that I can do a throwback. That I have to, oh. I have to actually. That's why I said this is the first one I've done for two weeks because I've been releasing older episodes from four years ago. Nice <laughs> as throwback okay. for my vacation. It's like, all right, cool, because I've got over like five hundred and some episodes. Oh out wow! Right now. Yeah. So there's uh, so you've been on the air like what, six plus years, right? I, I've been on the air doing the radio show for uh, just over six years. And I just passed, I think January 27th was my four year mark as releasing as a podcast as well. Wow. Wow. So, cool. Well, yeah, congratulations. It's been the, this, this past year has been the most challenging one. Cause I've, of course I'm releasing more episodes and I'm sure. doing more interviews, but I'm doing them one-on-one -on -one, where I was used to having a studio full of people. Uh, sure. And, and sure. we were live and that's, that's what I was saying. I, I miss live. that so much. Right. Having all the. There, all there the is an aspect of live radio that you can't get anywhere else. But you know, when you take the tools, if anybody, you know, has done live radio and then they go to pot, it seems like the pace has slowed way down. Right. Right. But I think you learn so many great tools because in podcasting, if you're pre-recording, um, you know, you can just edit it out. Like if there's yeah. dead air or, you know, too many ums or, you know, somebody, like yeah. you said, somebody drops F bomb or whatever, you can just edit it out. And, but, you know, learning in live radio, how to roll with it. I remember, <laughs> I think it was my first show and, and I, <laughs> I, we, I had some music planned and of course I was a big user of SoundCloud back then. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that, um, you know, that the clips that I was downloading were only like a 30 second snippet. So it would get into the song and then it would end <laughs> just as it started. And I'm like, whoa what's going on <laughs> it's like then you got dead air and it's like oh you got dead air and it's so so you're trying to juggle it and then when you're new it feels like the walls are caving in right oh, yeah. and and then but after a while it's like you just kind of roll with it um yeah it's i i listened to a thing uh, uh somebody was interviewing uh one of the last i think it was one of the last um interviews maybe i'm wrong uh that larry king did about because you know uh about 
either it was radio or tele or it was radio way back in the day when he first started and he wanted to be on uh, radio, I think he was saying, real, that's really what he wanted to. He got a job sweeping floors, kind of doing custodial, and then all of a sudden the station manager said, "You got it. You're on. You know, just go in there." And you know, and he's and he was in there, and here he he was thinking that he was going to blow it, and he was just he almost like clammed up, and then um, the you know station. Uh, manager came in and basically told him look you know either you you figure it out or or you you're gone and i guess he you know basically took a big deep breath and said you know hey folks i'm i'm brand new and uh you know and he did, he was really honest and ron real and, and my name's larry king and he said after that and he never had a problem yeah and i think authenticity comes to mind the word um, authenticity comes to mind when you talk about live radio because absolutely, you know, it's, um, and maybe the same could be said for like, um, maybe live TV or live streaming, right? Cause you can't, you know, you, there's nothing that you're going to edit out, you right. know, it's, you know, either you do it or you don't, it's, you know, or you, you fumble or you walk or, you know, it's, yeah. So, and you get better with time, right? They always say the master was once a disaster and uh, <laughs> you just got to keep on doing it over and over and yeah, over I, again. I'm hoping, I'm hoping someday to get better at this. I, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think the authenticity aspect of it with, with live radio, <laughs> I, I haven't in a while, but I occasionally perform stand-up comedy and that that's somewhere where you if you're not genuine, if you're not yourself, it, it shows well, right. through. I think any entertainer and um, even myself, when I'm out doing public galleries as the psychic medium, right? Mm-hmm. Aspect is, um, you know, people can feel if you're inauthentic. They can really feel that vibe um, more so from your words. And I'm not talking about being confident. I'm talking about the you know, the authenticity that somebody is, are you trying to snowball them or are you, you know, coming across a straight shooter and just coming, you know, um, you know, you, you know, the kid out there, you know, he or she shaking in their boots the first time they're doing it, or if they get a little bit of stage fright can be, can bring down the house and, yeah. you know, but still not be as competent yet. And the person that's done it, a thousand times, but comes across kind of inauthentic, um, you know, saying it was always like they're, you know, trying to hide something or, you know, don't look behind the curtain, so to speak. Um, you know, somebody comes across, Hey, this is, this is me and this is what you get. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember when, if you don't when like first, it, that's tough. When <laughs> have I have another when drink. <laughs> when I was first starting to stand up, uh, there was a young man, I can't even remember his name. And unfortunately he didn't continue, but he was, he was extremely nervous and he, he got up on stage and was just, he was hard to explain because he was 100% himself. I mean, I knew him a little bit off stage. Sure. And he was off stage exactly as unusual a person <laughs> as he was on stage. And he sure. was hilarious. And I don't even think he was trying. <laughs> I think he was just up there talking 
And right. he was so genuinely goofy that you couldn't help but be entertained and, and, and find this guy hilarious. I, I loved him. I wish he would not have stopped performing, right. but I think it just, he was so nervous and scared to do it. Sure. Sure. But, yeah. It's, you got to just have enough of that. How do I want to say a healthy dose of ego so you can get just over that, you know, that, I don't know, stage fright or the, Hey, I don't think I can do this just to get out there. And, and, uh, you know, just to put yourself, even if you're, you know, kind of shaking in your boots, so to speak, but, you know, getting up there to do it and be like, Hey, this isn't so bad. Um, you know, obviously they liked it or were really drunk because they, <laughs> you know, they came up. So it's like, yeah, I, I get that. So mm-hmm. now, we haven't talked a whole lot about the medium aspect. We've, yeah. we've brought somewhat, but mostly talked about radio. So tell me a little bit about being a medium. Is well, that- Don, I, you know, it's, it's really kind of a lie because I wear an extra large and I'm not a medium okay, since probably okay. my high school days. So I was going to say, I'm like a two X on good days. <laughs> Yeah. So the medium aspect is more than a t-shirt. You know, really kind of my story goes back really about 10 or so years ago. Um, But a little backstory is obviously, you know, I bill myself as a military medium. And really that's because, you know, I spent really the first half of my adult life um, so far um, in the military, I spent 24 years in the army, 14 and a half of those were with the regular army. And the last 10 was with an active duty status with the local army national guard in my area. And, uh, in the last three years of my military service, um, you know, I, I did my last deployment and, um, you know, before all, before I deployed and came back, um, I was not aware of any psychic ability. I didn't have no near death ability, you know, uh, premonitions, anything like that. Um, wasn't aware of my dead deceased grandmother, grandfather, maybe at a young age, wasn't, um, didn't have any of those typical, what I quote unquote, typical stories. But when I came back from deployment, um, you know, I had what I call my spiritual awakening. And basically in a nutshell is what happened is my deceased grandmother came to visit me. I always like to say my grandmother came to visit me after I got back from deployment. And for most people, that would be a really happy time. Um, and, but for me, it was really freaky because grandma died back in the eighties. Right. And for a guy, Right. And for a guy that was not open at the time to spirituality or, you know, spirits or that kind of thing, even though I did, you know, believe her in God and I was raised in a very traditional household. It was not spiritual in nature. Um, you know, it, I was trying to understand, like, how do I know it's grandma? And, but it was a knowing throughout the body. And that's called clear cognizance, clear knowing. You just know without a doubt that this is whatever it is. And I knew um, 150% that it was grandma. And so I was like, well, grandma's not here to hurt me. Um, you would hope you know, not. <laughs> you know, right. I hope not. And so I went to bed kind of thinking, you know what? I'm just freaking myself out. I'm probably a little tired, whatever. I'm going to go to bed. And, uh, So when I went to bed that night, I was kind of laying on my side in bed, but I was very much awake. My eyes were closed 
And I think it's natural for people to wonder like, well, okay, if grandma's here, what does that mean? And then you start talking to them kind of one way in your head, like, hey, you know, love you, miss you. Um, I was very close to my paternal grandmother and um, growing up. And so, you know, I kind of wanted to connect again. I think it was natural. And, you know, I was like my part of my ego, I guess, was like, you know what, grandma, if you're really here, why don't you just prove it? And immediately, like a snap of the fingers, it the room turned absolutely frigid, like you walked out in the middle of February in, in Minnesota, right? Wow. And uh, you walked into a meat cooler and uh, was like, holy cow. Um, you know, if I had my eyes open and the lights were on, I swear to God, I could see my breath. And so she had my attention, but of course that wasn't enough for me because I had to go to logic thinking the wife's got the fan on, maybe she's got a window crack for some crazy reason. And so, you know, I asked her, I said, well, if you're really here, why don't we just put all questions aside and why don't you touch me? Because if you touch me, then I can't dispute that. And Don, to this day, it still feels like it was yesterday. It was a gentle yet firm pressure that started at the top of my head, went to the bottom of my feet and pushed me literally into the mattress. Now this, <laughs> I know what people are thinking. Oh my God. Um, this wasn't a possession thing. It wasn't, she wasn't choking me. It was like somebody was like laying on top of me. Like if somebody was to put a gentle, um, even weight from the head to the feet. Um, and I was like, Holy cow. Right. And she had my attention and it was like the four-year-old little boy in me came out and, you know, I thought, Oh my God, I broke the fifth seal to hell. (laughs) You know, (laughs) what are we doing? Who, you know, how do you shut this off? And, um, basically I said, love you. See you soon. Now you got to leave. And I felt bad telling grandma, you got to leave, but it was just freaking me out. And as soon as I said that it was boom, like everything disappeared. Like it never even happened. The weight was gone. Room turned back to normal temperature and I'm sitting up in bed completely out of breath and covered in sweat. And my wife, who we just had a newborn shortly after returning, um, and our daughter who is now, um, 15, she'll be turning 15 here in March. Um, here, you know, here, a little girl, uh, was tight. My wife never sleeps deep and, uh, she was just out like nobody's business. And I'm trying to wake her up going, there's somebody here. And she's thinking somebody's breaking in. And I was like, no, that would make a lot of sense. (laughs) So I said, no, there's a spirit here. And she was like, how do you know that? And I was like, I know. Right. And so (laughs) there was a little part of the backstory that I'm trying to give you the condensed version, but there was a psychic that was brought in prior to me having this experience with grandma because there was clocks and pictures actually flying off the wall hmm. and a kind of a poltergeisty type of scenarios. And she said, it's your grandpa. And my grandpa was a world war one veteran. And at that time, Don, I was not open to hearing messages from grandpa. I right. love my grandpa, love my grandma, but I didn't want to hear from him. I just wanted the stuff to stop. And I, I was referring to this lady, this local psychic who is very talented in her own right. Um, as the voodoo chick, because that's how I, <laughs> that was my verbiage. She doesn't do voodoo for all the 
Peraglio. Um, and she ended up becoming actually down the road, she ended up becoming a friend and a teacher and kind of a mentor uh, for a time. And, uh, and she was really the only one that I knew that was, you know, who do you go to when you start having psychic phenomena happen? You know, it's right. not like you when, when it's something you're not ready to believe. Well, right. And if you don't travel on those circles, Don, who do you reach out to? I get it. And, you know, there's probably 20, uh, you know, whoever's listening to your podcast going, well, off the top of my head, I can name you half a dozen uh, paranormal <laughs> investigation groups. I didn't know them. I didn't like I didn't travel in those packs. And I was the analytical military dude that identified at the time as a soldier first and then a dad and a husband. And, you know, so I was, I was in a completely different frame of mind in that alpha mentality, um, you know, mostly combat arms, you know, so if you couldn't shoot it, drive it or blow it up, you know, I probably didn't have a lot of interest in it at the time. And I certainly wasn't interested in talking about chakras or somebody's, right. You know, and so really this immersion was really, truly shocking because I was like, why me? Why now? And so, you know, through a, a series of, I guess, self-discovery, that's really what the journey was more about. Um, you know, I was kind of told that, Dean, you're a medium. And I was like, I don't want to be a medium. I quite honestly tried to ignore it. I tried to walk away from it. And uh, it would only come back louder. Like my daughter, mm. who was four at the time, would come in our room at two o'clock in the morning. If you want to talk about freaky, have a four-year-old little girl's voice. Think about Poltergeist. Remember that scene where they're, <laughs> oh, yeah. they're here, right? Saying, Daddy, there's a man in my room at like early morning. If that doesn't like put all the alarm flags on, and like the hairs on the back of your head, and I'm running into her bedroom, which was just next door. And here, and I was like, oh, there's nobody physically. And then so it like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, the ghost thing. And so, and it was through, and my wife basically told me, she was like, you need to get this bleep and bleep and bleep and stuff under control. Cause it was, it was getting a little out of control because I was trying to ignore it. Right. And because I wasn't embracing who I was as a medium. And as soon as I started embracing that and took time to, because I didn't even know what I was doing. I was like, well, okay, so if medium talks to dead people, how do I do that? And so I just started, you know, learning to quiet my mind, so to speak, and whatever came to me. And and there was a big time where I wasn't even getting messages, which was frustrating itself. And I took a course in mediumship. Um, after that, I really took a whole year um, to really perfect uh, my mediumship abilities, how I was working with, you know, those that were deceased. And you got to remember this whole time, Don, I'm still serving, you know, very much full time in the, in the army. Uh, with the Army National Guard. So, you know, Monday through Friday, one week in a month, two weeks out of the year, I'm one of the full-time guys that, you know, drank the coffee, ate the donuts and processed the paperwork, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in my last part of my tour. And uh, so I was very much, you know, Dean the Soldier by day and Dean the Medium by night. And by the way, if anybody from Marvel 
<laughs> comics is listening. <laughs> you know, let's talk about that. Uh, Absolutely. But, <laughs> yeah, I always like trying to keep a light. But you know what? What's interesting to me, the more I explored mediumship and spirituality, it seemed like other doors opened. And I was completely blown away. And part of my skeptical mind started to diminish because I was very much, a, uh, you know, skeptical. Right. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, some of this just feels baloney. But I, it was almost like my grandma was still back in my corner going, Dean, do you remember when I visited you? <laughs> you know, you know, and I was like, yep, can't forget that one. And she was like, how about you just stay open? It was an ominous warning, but it was, how do you explain my visit? Like, how can you conceptually explain? And I can't, you know, I couldn't. Right. And at the time and saying, well, how about you just stay open then to, you know, what you're experiencing or what, you know, what's going on. And every time I was able to do that and look at things from maybe a non, either a non-biased uh, view or very a non-skeptical and just trying to stay as open as I could, I was really showing some really cool and miraculous things. And so, and as time went on, of course, you know, it was just a natural progression of doing readings for people. And of course, readings, you know, start off with friends and family. And then next thing you know, I started getting calls saying, uh, hi, you don't know me, but I'm a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, right? And so it was word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And I was like, so then eventually it got to the point where I needed to buy a, almost like an appointment calendar uh, thing, because then I, you know, you got to juggle work that took up a lot of my time. And then of course, you know, family comes in there next. And then in all the little pieces where we don't have, you know, taking uh, the kids to dance practice and everything else, I get to do, you know, whatever it is that, you know, I want to do. And, um, and for that really, you know, year, it seemed, you know, it was mediumship. And so a lot of times on the weekends and, and, uh, it, it's, it's been, and, and like I said, it's been like just a little over 10 years. It's, it's been absolutely crazy. And it's been about seven years. Um, it'll be coming up eight years in May, uh, that I retired. And I, and once I retired, I start obviously I started doing this full time, um, you know, and it's really taken, it's really developed, uh, I guess with, you know, what I've done and different things that I've interacted with, you know, and, uh, I always joked and I guess with spirit and saying, what am I going to be given readings in my, you know, in my basement? And right. I think somebody was in heaven going, yeah, in your basement, in your garage and yep, on in Ubers and <laughs> yeah. And it's, <laughs> And it's, and there's just some great, uh, I sometimes I just say it's crazy. And, but I'm, I'm very humbled to be able to do this work um, and help people along the way. Um, and obviously do I, and I don't just connect to veterans. A lot of people ask me, you're the military medium. Do you just, do you, you know, are your clients just military or gold star fam? No. But I have that background, and am I going to a sympathize and understand military and their families a bit more? You bet I do, and some of the terminology a bit more than maybe somebody else. You bet. Um, so that 
in a sense gives me a little bit leverage over others um but nothing you know crazy but and there's a and i also got to share is that you know there's other members or other mediums out there that i know um that served in the military and they're they're mediums or psychics and um now they didn't serve as except for one that i know that <laughs> to his claim that he you know stating that he was a psychic but in the military but the thing that I want to share is um, it was just something that, that kind of clicked for me. And I was like, you know what? The military medium label just works for me. Oh, yeah. And we're going to go with that. But like I said, is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a wild ride thus far. And it's, um, you know, it's really humbling the different, um, the different ways that I'm able to serve each and every day. So it's kind of like the podcast thing too, able to, <laughs> way to be able to serve others in a completely different and i know i just want to add this real quick to don real quick um is i know i brought up the aspect of intuitive real estate consulting and basically what that is is a spin-off of energy work and basically of um dousing and that's a ancient technique of a lot of people know it as uh, water witching and with the divining rods, the all rods, the old way of doing it, I do a little bit different twist, but basically where I help um, custom home builders and real estate um, uh, folks to uh, help move their homes quicker uh, by dousing them. So when a lot of people go in to purchase a home, what's one of the first things that you probably hear most ladies say, not all ladies, but sometimes the guys too, but usually they go to other than looking at, you know, the aesthetics of a home. A lot of people say how it feels right. and how can you feel a home? It's the vibration or the energy like it gives off. And sometimes, you know, you may know somebody that has a multi-million dollar home, absolutely gorgeous, uh, you know, uh, but you could walk in there and it could feel cold or empty um, and not inviting at all. And usually, typically, um, that is one of the big things that people are looking for. They could find their dream home, but if it doesn't feel warm and inviting, um, you know, they're going to be like, it's mm, not quite what I was looking for. So I help do fix that as well. And then, of course, there's other nuances in it but yeah it's uh and of course obviously this year i know real estate agents all over really the you know north america have been having a gangbuster year but um with energy work good gravy they've been having an even better year um uh, all my clients have been just having tremendous tremendous success this year and so I, uh, <laughs> I'll be interested to see what, uh, as we go into 2021, what the markets are going to do. I think they're going to flip a little bit, but um, yeah. we'll certainly see. All right. Well, we, got, we have to take a short break. Uh, I, I didn't even get to ask whether or not the GI Bill covered uh, medium school. but <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a good question. Uh, we have to take a short break real quick on the Life Radio Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with some more from the military medium, Dean McMurray. The gods must have come down and played. 
the crown of knowledge upon your head Well, they left me without To deal with the situation on my own instead Must be nice to be sure Come from a place so secure When ignorance is the only case I can plead But I was impressed and the breath of the wisdom that you had for me You said I know it hurts But you need to hear it It could possibly make you the person I think you should be You felt I didn't see reality Reality was all that I saw It was quite a relief to belie my belief That I knew reality at all They say the world is made for lovers But who are they and what do they know They can't see the tears that I'm crying And the drinks that I'm buying to make your memory go You said I know it hurts But you need to hear it It could possibly make you the person I think you should be If not for you then for me If not for you then for me Adventures of the Albino Rhino. It's a show, uh, Frank the Giraffe here, my co-host James Godwin, and myself put on for you guys twice a week. Uh, every Wednesday, we talk to a comedian, and 
every Friday. We call it Freaky Friday. The show itself is not safe for work, and that freak is definitely a different word. I just don't know what podcast you're going to be listening to this promo on. And I don't want to, uh, you know, start screaming explicatives while you're sitting in your office. If you're lucky enough to have been able to go back to the work that you did before inside of an office or whatever, you know. But we go on an adventure twice a week and it's a good time because we get to sit down and talk to some really cool people. Uh, And I enjoy it because, you know, I'm just curious little albino who uh, likes to get to know folks, you know? You can find us a couple ways. Actually, multiple ways, really. Man, there's a lot of different ways to find us. You can find us through our central hub, which is www.albinorhino.me. It's the website you can find me on. And then, you know, the podcast, you can find the videos on YouTube. Search for Adventures of the Albino Rhino. Also linkable from our website. And you can also find us through Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Radio Public, and Spotify. That's right. We're on the same place Joe Rogan is. Granted, we're not we're not the Joe Rogan experience, but you know what I mean? We're there. We're there. So give us a listen. Promise you won't be promise you won't be dissatisfied. And enjoy your day. Hey, this is Don Smith. I want to take a minute to tell you about The Devil's Apple, a new book by my friend William Morris. It's the true and brutally honest story about Bill's own battle with addiction. It was written for those struggling to overcome addiction as well as those watching a loved one struggle. In Bill's own words, you work just as hard to be an addict as you do to be clean and sober. You can find The Devil's Apple on Amazon.com and for a limited time you can get it for free on the Kindle app. Enough is enough! I have had it with these Mikafum snakes on this Mikafum plane! Alright, hey, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We are zooming right along. We we didn't even really do an intro at the beginning of the show, so I'm I'm doing it now. Uh, my my guest is uh, Dean McMurray, the military medium. He's stuck with me through the through the break. He's still here, knowing that we have to tackle an emu. And we do. I'm, I'm feeding one here as we speak. So. You're, you're what? I'm feeding one here as we speak. You're, you're so. feeding an emu. I'm feeding. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. I was going to say, what? you never know. You never know. It's, it's a, now the visualization world, here yeah. that uh, your listeners are, what the heck? <laughs> yep. Is that a medium writing an emu? They're going to tackle. We're, we're going to have to call it. <laughs> we're going to have to call PETA in here. Yeah, yeah, and get right. something done about this. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're on good morning, America, <laughs> saving all the emus just to prove yeah, that just, you're <laughs> just as a way of apologizing for the right. Right. Yeah. yeah that's well, let me explain that one to my wife. It's that cancel culture. That's what, that's what happens. That's, I got to apologize right. to all the emu. <laughs> All right. right. Police in Utah said officers were dispatched on the report of an escaped emu running loose in the town while its owner pursued the Lone Peak Police Department said that that sounds like it should be a TV show. The Lone Peak Police Department said the flightless bird's owner called police in the early morning to report the emu had escaped from its enclosure and was evading pursuit. Officers arrived on the scene but discovered, uh, quote, big bird's owner had returned to the bird <laughs> returned the bird to its cage so it's a it's a happy ending it's a happy he right. caught the by the time the cops got there 
Well, who is it happy for? Obviously, this emu broke out for a reason. Right, yeah. You know, and, and trying to know, seek its yeah. own freedom. Um, yeah. Well, we don't know the emu's <laughs> backstory either. I mean, well, that's right. Has it, you know, I didn't hear any report from this emu, so. That's true. That's true. My, my, my apologies for assuming. <laughs> the emu's you know what, the, what happens when we on, assume. Yeah, because yeah. there could be you're, a whole you're knee lot of deep bad and, things. You're knee-deep in emu... Uh, stories <laughs> yeah uh, yeah we are we are having trouble with this emu and he is uh yeah, yeah. so it, it could have very well been a, a, an unhappy ending for this uh well it could have been so, yeah sure. we'll have to. i was waiting to hear something like broke into a medical cannabis facility <laughs> um something uh, along that lines or something yeah, that would have been a happy ending. And call it high times with the emu or something. I don't know. Maybe right. it's copyright. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> have high times with the emu. Yeah, that could right. be another uh, episode title. There you go. Yeah, this, <laughs> you, you get a lot of episode titles from emu too. That's just there, well, right. I mean, <laughs> nothing. You know, and they. Uh, you know, there's a lot of healing that goes on with the emu stuff. So. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it is. But uh, <laughs> uh, the California Highway Patrol said troopers responding to a report of body parts floating in the water next to a highway ramp were relieved to discover the limbs and torsos actually were mannequin parts. Well, that's that's a good. That's that's kind of that's a happy story. Right. Not emu parts either. Right. Uh, the, the California Highway Patrol said a trucker who caught a glimpse of the seemingly grisly sight on the Arch Road on ramp a high, near Highway 99 in Stockton called 911 to report a suspected dismembered body floating in the water. Troopers arrived to discover multiple multiple mannequin torsos, arms, and legs floating in the water. Uh, the California Highway Patrol joked in a Facebook post that the scene was a result of a love lovelorn Stockton Kraken going on a well that's i guess the california highway patrol needs to work on their jokes that's yeah, right. that's the takeaway from this story right they are not gonna win any contests with right. their stand-up right. routine that's <laughs> i can see a couple of kids a couple teenagers upstream or something with a with a couple cheap bottles of Ripple saying oh watch your papers tomorrow yeah <laughs> that's definitely because because that's the thing. They don't say anything about where they come from. Right, right. Yeah, well, they just they just appeared in in a in a where was it? Just off the interstate, right? Well, there. are these mannequins yeah. from China? Where were they manufactured? And are they, you know? Yeah, there there are there are a whole lot more questions that uh, that right. We need answers. answers we we need. I mean, the the emu story, at least that you know kind of where it originated from i mean yeah yeah emu escaped emu got right. caught emu got put back in the pen right but this yeah, is the, just <laughs> it leaves holes virus. all over the story right it, absolutely absolutely we we need to call in uh, we need to call in like a psychic medium to uh, something like so that I, I think that out. would be good so we dare i say out. i don't feel complete with the story yes <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're not you're not getting any you're not picking up anything, not I'm, anything. I'm not no <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> maybe the ripple feels a little bit more towards the truth as far as maybe a, a case of ripple say, in it's like somebody yeah, that's, had a good that's idea probably not i don't know about ripple but it's there's probably there are probably teenagers involved somewhere yeah. in hold that. my beer watch this yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yep. It's, I mean, it's still out in California. They're still on a pretty tight lockdown because of COVID. So yeah, they're, they got to find something to occupy their time. Or if you'd like to go to the conspiracy route, the chamber of commerce in Stockton, California really wanted to put Stockton, California on the map. So maybe yes. they concocted the story. That that very well could be. I don't know. I don't know Stockton, California. I'm just throwing throwing things out there. Maybe. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's all yeah. speculation. We don't know. <laughs> Call in Sully and Muller. Maybe they can track it down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The X Files. The X Files. Yeah. Uh, okay, we're we're going to head to Florida. I haven't been to Florida in a while. A crocodile from a Florida zoo underwent surgery to remove a shoe <laughs> swallowed by the reptile. <laughs> Uh, when it fell from a zip liner's foot. Okay. Okay. I was worried. <laughs> I was worried if the rest of the person was right. in there with the right. shoe. Uh, the university of Florida college of Veter- veterinary medicine said the 11 foot crocodile was brought to the facility February 5th after ingesting a shoe that fell from a zip liner's foot at the St. Augustine alligator farm zoological park. A uh, veterinarian said the croc had originally thrown up the shoe, but ate it a second time. <laughs> it's not a bright croc. Uh, vets attempted to get the crocodile to vomit again uh, by showing it. Pick, no, but, uh, but without success, the 341-pound uh, crocodile ended up undergoing ga- gastronomy. Gastronomy? Gast- surgery. Sur- it, it cut there you out. go. <laughs> a sur- yeah, I can't. <laughs> gastrotomy surgical procedure to remove the footwear from its stomach. The crocodile named Anuket was kept overnight for supervision and is now recovering in its enclosure at the zoo. Why is there a zip line going over top of the crocodile enclosure? Well, and the other thought was, is did the alligator, you know, consume the shoe and then later go in and say, you know, doc, I'm, I've been having this pain in my stomach, and uh, and my other thought is, was the shoe actually a Croc brand shoe? Ah, that. So great. then, That's... if you did that, is is a crocodile a can? You know, yeah, because you're if, eating. If a, it's a Croc eating a Croc, yeah, it's a Croc. <laughs> I don't know. Croc, croc eat Croc world out there in Florida. But I thought the same thing. Why would you have a zip line <laughs> over, like, if you actually fell? Right, <laughs> you know, a little bit more. Whoops, uh, we found uh, a shoe attached to a leg, but we got the shoe out, so we're right. Good. We got the shoe out, so the Croc's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, only in I, Florida, right? Only in Florida would they put a zip line <laughs> over a crocodile enclosure. Extreme, I, extreme adventures. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have oh. as soon as as soon as all the travel bans and everything lift, I'm going to have to go to St. Augustine Alligator mm-hmm. Farm Zoological right. Park and check out the zip line. Well, if you do go, they'll probably change the rules now, though, Don. Because I mean, if you were to fall and, and be wearing shoes, I mean that's harmful to the gators. So that's true. That's you true. probably have to go naked. Really now. sick. You know, we don't want to damage the gators. So. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We got, we got, we got to protect the gator or the crocodile in this. Well, case. you know, it's just like uh, when you prepare food. Anyways, you usually try to remove all the outer right, layers right. of like a onion or whatever. Right. You have to. Oh, skin that's the it a same thing. Yeah, prepare, and, and prepare reveal, the food. Yeah, you got You have to peel it because no nobody <laughs> wants to eat the rind. Right. Who wants to 
be chewing on an old piece right, of leather. It could get you sick and you'll have to have it surgically removed. There. See what happens. Huh. Even, even crocodiles don't like it to eat the rind. Right. They're picky eaters, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, oh, man. I've never been zip lining before, but I think I'm going to have to do this now. Just I'm going to have to find right. my nearest croc exhibit. <laughs> And see if they'll let me zip line over maybe, top of it. Maybe you'll have to set it up. Maybe like a practice run with like, uh, you know, just kind of like the uh, stuffed animal or something like a or like the neighbor's dog, right? Or right. Zip line across the <laughs> with neighbor's some, yard with some kibble on the bottom of your foot or right. maybe something like that. <laughs> right. Right. Well, the dog will eat your shoe too. You know. Well, sure. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, a dog will eat it, but I mean, a croc. I mean, come on. Right. Well, we're, we're going to stick with this theme here and we're going to stay in Florida. Florida golfer ended up finding the, ex the exception to the play it as it lies rule when an alligator grabbed its ball in its mouth and swam away. Uh, Mark Goldstein said he was playing Monday at the Pelican Sound Golf Club in Estero when an errant shot left his ball rolling toward a pond. I hate it when that happens. Goldstein uh, said he arrived at the pond and ended up getting his phone out to record video when he saw the ball was in the mouth of an alligator. Uh, the video shows the gator holding the ball in its mouth for a few minutes before swimming off with the pilfered item. So there you go. That's, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I think I know the gator that they're talking about. There's probably a years back where I was trying to teach a gator, uh, how to retrieve and he never did listen um really? you know really? he had a fondness for shoes but yeah, um, well you tried to but, teach the crocodile had to bring you your slipper right. but yeah but you'd never come back with it so <laughs> right. you know it's probably the same one i would think it could be it could be <laughs> I, I just wonder if this alligator's meeting up with their, if they're meeting up to say what their take was for the day right I, right oh, i got I a ball a i got a shoe ironically a crock <laughs> <laughs> Because they meet up and they they split the booty, you know, they, they right, right, up and make sure everybody gets an equal share oh, of all the Lord. stuff that they pilfered from oh, human beings on zip lines Lord. and golf courses. I, you know, I can only imagine. I, I, I wouldn't even want to go in the weeds to look for my <laughs> bomb. Be yeah, like, no, that's that's all right. That's that you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's all right. It. I got all yours. I will. And I will take the. I will take the drop. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Back at the clubhouse. Yeah, I will play. take the penalty shot and just take the drop. You can have that. <laughs> oh, man. That crazy stuff. You, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. I, there's a lot of animals this time around. Right, there's from emus of, to gators. Yeah. I mean, crazy stuff. And an emu, yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get them all together, though. I don't think they... Oh, that would be the craziest... That'd be the crazy exhibit. You know, maybe they could do like, and I know that Barm and Bailey doesn't do like elephants and stuff supposedly anymore, but maybe like a crocodile and an emu and uh, they could do some type of trick. Yeah, because that's not a combination you would see very often. No, I don't think so. Or maybe at the end, there's just a big pile of feathers. Right. You go. <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah. probably not good for the kids probably, probably right right well they, they would learn something though they would they, they would definitely um, learn <laughs> yeah yeah probably not the publicity we want um, that's true that's i true. didn't quite think that went through maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that that's just, quite all right just spitballing just spitballing <laughs> ideas here 
All right. Well, Dean, I'm going to give you a couple minutes right now. Any social media, of course, where we can find the uh, the Red, White, and You show, where we can find all that. Uh, uh, lay it on us right now. Yes, sir. Uh, if you guys want to check out the podcast, the Red, White, and You show, you can head over to YouTube. It's exactly like it sounds, the Red, White, and You show. And uh, if you would like to check out my website and uh check out what I have to offer as a psychic medium, feel free to do so at the militarymedium.com or deanmcmurray.com. Check it out. You can send me a message, email direct from there, book uh, uh, events and readings, all that great stuff. And then also, if you want to check me out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, pretty much all the platforms, the military medium, uh, just give me a shout and you can say hi. And, uh, Every Monday, I do Monday messages from Spirit, um, kind of like a community-type reading, and um, I post those and um, you know check those out, and I look forward to connecting with you guys. So, But thanks so much, Dom, for having me on tonight. It's been a pleasure. It, it's been great talking to you and getting to know you. This is why I do these, because you, you have fun with new people, and that's always, that's always a blast. Absolutely, absolutely. So thanks for being on the show and thanks for listening to the life radio show. Like I keep telling you guys, if you're going to keep listening to me, well, I'm just going to keep making these. All right. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the life radio show podcast. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, if you want to listen live, we are on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM. You can also stream the show live at WWSU1069.org. And we go Facebook live at the Life Radio Show's Facebook page. If you have suggestions or comments, feel free to email thelife1069 at gmail.com. Overwhelms me. A brutal presence. I'm on the edge of my seat.